my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm pastor to this Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. And what a day it's been today. Uh, I'm also your Drive Time host every Tuesday and Wednesday. It is really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. Uh, look, I'd love you uh, to be able to join with us. Uh, now, look, if you'd like to share a positive thought or a comment uh, on one of the issues that we're discussing, simply say hello, perhaps. Uh, uh, why don't you do it just by texting us uh, here at our studio text number, uh, which is 04888 In fact, why not program that into your mobile phone so you can just hit drive time. Uh, that number again is 04888 uh, Now, this week, uh, we're looking at the theme, the buy. Bible, physical health and spirituality. Uh, and yesterday, um, our good friend uh, uh, Eric and Pastor Will Mawala uh, looked at uh, our health principles, really part of biblical teaching. And today we're asking how relevant are the health laws that we find in the Bible? Are they still relevant in the early third millennium? Uh, now, of course, today our co-host is Eric Hoare. And Eric ministers to the uh, Adelaide Aboriginal uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. And it is fantastic to have him back for a second day in the row. I was actually listening uh, to the entire program uh, uh, yesterday and uh, I really appreciate Appreciated everything the guy said. I love the uh, discussion that was there, uh, particularly on the uh, uh, the issue of abortion that's uh, occurring over there in uh, uh, in the states at this uh, this particular um, point in time. But Eric, welcome back once again. Well, thanks very much, Pastor Gary, and what a, an absolutely beautiful day it was. One out of the box today. It's lovely. I think when the sun comes out, it kind of lifts your spirits a bit more, you know. And just to, just to sit outside and soak in that sun for a few minutes, oh, it was beautiful in between the rain that comes in winter. Um, yeah. I'm a summer man, so I, I really like it when it warms up a bit. Yeah, I'm I, I, a spring and autumn man for uh, for myself probably here in Adelaide. Love the those those corner, those edge seasons, the really hot days. I struggle with the really cold days I struggle with as well. But today, it was fantastic. I was actually able to go out for a bit of a walk with uh, both my daughter and uh, my uh, one-year-old granddaughter. Oh, and, wonderful. Uh, that was... Uh, that was Were you wonder. able to keep up to them? Uh, to them you just, just, <laughs> that's right, just. Uh, it's uh, uh, it's a wonderful blessing uh, to be able to you know spend time with mm. you, uh, with your with your family, and I do try to uh, do that. Every uh, every now and then, but look, let's come to our uh, world uh, religion news report because uh, every day we do try to pick up something that's happening uh, about the religious world uh, in uh, in our environment. Um, now, look, uh, one of the um, the things which uh, has come up just just today, in fact, um, is that uh, the Australian uh, Census uh, resp- uh, released their uh, uh, the results of the most recent. 
recent census, and um, uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the parts of that census, of course, uh, concerned the um, um, religion in Australia. Now, I really, I really appreciate just picking up and just having a little bit of a look at uh, what was the state of play at this point in time. Um, and um, uh, this is this is what one article um, uh, shared. The number of Australians who aren't religious has almost doubled over the last decade with almost 40% indicating in the latest census that they have no religious belief. The Australian Bureau of Statistics revealed Christianity was dramatically falling uh, with fewer than half of the respondents in the latest census indicating they were Christian compared to 60% who did so in 2011. Now, that's actually a huge drop mm. across the Australian um, population in just a matter of 10 years. Mm. Um, Catholicism remained the biggest Christian denomination with 20% of those who responded saying that they identified as Catholic, followed by 10% who identified as as Anglican. Now, look, if you actually compare this with uh, previous census data, you find back in 1970. Now, way back there in 19... I don't know how old you were, Eric, but uh, that made me... I think I was just starting high school uh, back in uh, back in the uh, early 70s. So back in 1971, 86% in the census of that year, 86% of people said, uh, yes, I would list myself down as being a, a, a Christian person. Um, by 1996... Uh, that number had had come backed off to to seventy percent. Uh, by two thousand and sixteen, it was down to fifty one percent, and now in uh, twenty twenty one, we're talking it's back to forty four percent. So in my lifetime, uh, we've seen the people uh, accepting Christianity or claiming to be Christians within Australia within my lifetime has backed off from eighty six percent down to 44%. Now, that's a good half the number of people as when I was uh, I was at, at, at high school. Now, this, this number has to be certainly concerning to, uh, uh, to every uh, Christian leader and, uh, and Christian person. Uh, now, while just 22% of Australians uh, said they had no religion in, this is additionally, 22% of Australians said they had no religion in 2011. That number has leapt to 38% in the latest census or up almost 10% from 2016. In other words, of those people saying, hey, I've simply got no religion at all, we're now talking 38.9% compared previously with 22%. Now, these are huge um, changes. These aren't just a gradual drift. Um, these are huge changes. Um, almost 40% of Australia's population reported having no religion in the 2021 census. Now, look, Eric, look, let me just uh, throw a couple of things at you on this one. I mean, firstly, how do you respond um, to this? I mean, well, I suppose, firstly, do you think the churches have to take any responsibility for this decline? You know, have the churches themselves become secular? 
Well, it's interesting, Pastor Gary, because they were talking about this very thing on on a television program the other night, which I was listening to. Yeah. And uh, they were saying it's no wonder that the numbers have dropped. And I pricked my ears up about the number of people attending church. And the reason they get they felt one of the very strong ones was uh, not so. It is a secular thing, but what they understood it to be was the uh, amount of abuse cases, the sexual cases that happen in churches where it isn't a safe place. Like, it, you know, you'd think it would be an ideal place yeah. for a young person to come. Yeah. And what they're saying is that it happens there just as much. In fact, people of trust that you're supposed to be in a place yeah. where you're following God and have a yeah. person trust. So people have, have uh, been disappointed because I think way back maybe in that 1971 period, it may have been happening but it may not have been out in the in the public area yeah, but yeah. now there's investigation after investigation so i think that's one thing yep. that it, that people don't feel it's a place of uh if you're going to follow god why would that be happening there yeah, yeah. And, and of course that is something that yeah, that's horrendous when that does actually take place and of course for too long churches actually responded by uh, I suppose moving the offender on, yes. uh, pushing them on somewhere else for them to re-offend somewhere, somewhere else and it's mm. certainly only in recent times where churches have certainly, uh, I know our own church, you know, has got uh, so many procedures in place now yes. um, that, strong. you know, yeah. that it is really, you know, mm. it really prevents, mm. I would suggest it prevents uh, a lot of this abuse from taking place. I know that the safety things now you have to with uh, child safety and everything. You've got to, you know, you've got to be screened and then you've got to do a whole course. Yes, that you've yep, got to do yep. so it's strong. But so I think what's happened is they don't see a difference between the safety in a church for people, for the young ones yep, or whatever. Yep. Compared to the world, it's yep. become like the world. So I think that that is one thing. Yep. I think the other thing too is that um, uh, that. When you stand for the Bible, what the Bible says about health and lifestyle, it's it's contrary to what the world is bringing out. Now there's more liberalism. We talk about you know uh, same-sex marriage and all this sort of thing, and there's a whole movement and swelling that if you speak up against that, you're in the minority. Yeah. And I think that idea has grown in the world. Is the moral compass is out of order, and therefore, if you stand by the Word of God, you're you're in that little minority area. Yeah. Compared to how the whole world thinks. Now, I think a lot of people understand that when they search the Bible and see the things happening, that it's for their own good. But the world doesn't see it that way. They want it a certain way. And you speak up, you're treading on people's toes. Yeah, you're actually seeing the the distinction between uh, Christianity mm-hmm. and uh, certainly the the secular ethos uh, certainly uh, becoming much wider. You know, they're becoming far more separate. You know, I mean, if in fact you're going to uh, follow what would be regarded as biblical Christianity, um, you are uh, certainly put into a category of being. Um, Almost an extremist. Yeah, that's right. Or an old fuddy duddy yeah. from the past. Yeah. And yeah. and the third thing I think is that what is happening is churches look and and the leaders look and see what's happening. They try to become more like the world to incorporate that and weaken down the gospel and say that even creation uh, is wrong. You know, it yeah. never existed. So they start to weaken the gospel down and trying to bring people in, which isn't right. So, do you think churches are weakening, trying to we- Do you think they're intentionally trying to weaken the gospel? I think that for to gain members in, in in some areas, I do think that I think that um, they they take away what the Bible says and they water it down to make it like the Bible says. So people have itchy ears; they like what they hear to try and get people 
into the church. And um, I know that um, that those churches that stand solidly for the word of God, that, that stay, the, that's what the Bible calls as a remnant that will go through to the end of time. Mm. But I think we're going to have a falling away, of, and we're seeing it. I, I know of many churches that, that have taken the, the, the core beliefs of the Bible that we'd all agree on, and they, they're, saying, they're throwing it out. Well, the Bible does talk about a falling away, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And the moral compass of the world, as it becomes more and more evil, we are to be the light of the world. You know, the, the Christians are to show the light and, and the way through the Word of God. So I think... Um, and yet I'm so conscious that yeah. even some of... You know, I'm conscious, you know, have some friends who would say that, you know, just saying that you are the light of the world is an arrogant statement, mm. you know. I mean, to me, you know, I mean, this is how far um, certainly mm. the uh, 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 the Christian church and, well, uh, biblical belief and, um, uh, and secular understanding, uh, this is how different they've actually become. Mm. And, you know, uh, what is acceptable now wasn't back in 1971, uh, you know, you can you can take something that people believed back then, and you'd put it into place today, and it would be frowned upon as to intrude into the people's rights. Because if I decide that to believe in a certain thing, and then I speak up about that, I could be accused of bigotry or whatever. You know, like I yeah. could be accused of, yeah. um, you know, saying, "Well, what's wrong with same-sex marriage?" You know, you know, and you can be hounded for that. You know, you can yeah. they the the public will actually get onto that. So, I think that um, it, it's a it's many things. It's many things that have brought us to this point in, in time. But I think the main one to me is that when a church or somebody in the church does the wrong thing, it is more noticed in, out there by people who are atheists, yeah. who and they will jump on that and say, well, In other words, that. it's hypocrisy, it, and it's, it, it's rightly yeah. labelled as hypocrisy. Yeah. And uh, I know that uh, the surveys have certainly indicated that uh, uh, the, uh, the most damaging aspects to the church are when um, church members uh, present themselves in a way that uh, uh, is nothing more than hypocrisy. Mm. Uh, and it's at that point that um, non-believers certainly turn against uh, Christianity in a huge in a huge way. But look, just one last question. Mm. Look, Eric, do you think there's any way back for the church or are, is the church as a whole on a big, long, slippery slope? Well, I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, and I believe, and I, and today I still see people's lives changing through that power of the Holy Spirit. So I believe that this will go right through to the end of time, that there will be a, um, a, a movement, a Christian movement that will go through the end of time, and I truly believe in, in miracles, and I do believe that, um, that when you have something right against something that's evil, the right will always shine through, and I believe that through faith, that the that uh, that there you know it, it doesn't stop me witnessing. Yeah. I've heard people say to me, even in my own church, you know, what's the point of going out witnessing? Nobody's going to be interested these days. Yeah. But that shouldn't stop us to throw the seed out of God. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've got to believe in the power of God, and that's what I believe. And yeah. I believe that you know there will be growth. Yeah. Um, we, the, I think we can be a later seeing church at the end of time. We're, we're, I, I, we're I'm really people. conscious that you know, Eric, that yeah. uh, we're living at a time where uh, the thing that is amazing me is that while it's certainly true that the church, I believe, has, has become uh, more secular, mm-hmm. I'm conscious that there are uh, an increasing number of people who are starting to say, uh, "Look." You know, I really need to get my house in order mm. uh, because uh, uh, you know things are changing. Just as Scripture 
uh, prophesied. Um, and I, I know that, you know, just at, uh, at my church, um, uh, the number of people that I've had walk in, um, who we don't know, who have introduced themselves and have simply said, hey, look, you know, I was a, you know, I was a Christian, you know, maybe I was brought up as a, as a Christian, uh, way back there in the, the seventies, the eighties. Um, but, um, you know, just everything that's going on, uh, I just, uh, just want to come to, you know, to your church. And I, I've actually seen a number of people just last night. I was uh, running a, um, running a, a program at, uh, at my church. Uh, it's actually talking Bible marking, just being able to, uh, to, to look at, you know, how we can mark our Bibles so that we can, uh, uh easily present, uh, the gospel, present, uh, faith to, to those who may be asking questions. And, uh, uh, you know, we sort of certainly look and struggle with some of the issues that, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that we stand for and that we believe and how is it best to be able to present some of this material. Um, but just seeing, mm. um, that the number of people who are, and particularly young people, you know, last night I, I rejoice because, uh, you know, we had, we had, uh, we had about, 25 people there just came, you know, for a winter's night, uh, you know, it was freezing cold um, to have 25 people there. But a good half of them were young people. Mm. And to me, that's incredibly positive. Right now, people are asking questions. And uh, while it's certainly true that the number uh, of people who are declaring themselves as Christians, um, is certainly falling. I would actually suggest, um, the people who are prepared to say, I'm going to get, I'm going to get serious about my Christianity and not just attend church on Christmas and, uh, and Easter, uh, is actually, I believe that number is actually going up. Certainly yeah. that's in my church. Yeah, I agree with you, Pastor Gary. I think that I believe in the latter rain and I believe in the power of Pentecost and things. And I, I honestly believe that there are some that have walked away and they see the events of the, what's happening in the world today yeah. and they remember what they've learnt. Because once it's in you and you have received that power, it, it will come again, you know. The, the God will talk to you. And I believe a lot of those people that have walked away into the world because the world pulled them out will see the events that are happening today and they're starting to come back and they're starting yeah. to ask. I find yeah. that that many, uh, we've just uh, had uh, two new people in our church and one has started to, who wanted Bible study straight away because he's seen things that are happening that he heard about years ago and you know, it, it's coming to fruition now, what the Bible is saying, and they're yeah. recognizing yeah. that. So there must be many out there yeah. that are seeing this and wondering, wow, I, I know, I've read about this. It's yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. And, and when your young people are asking the questions, when they are coming along to yeah. midweek Bible study meetings, you turn around and you say, hey, the Spirit of God is moving in a very beautiful way. Uh, yes, uh, the number of people that are uh, are saying, hey, look, you know, yes, I, I don't regard myself as a Christian any longer. I don't go along to Christmas and, uh, uh, and Easter services any longer because that's essentially what's often happening. Mm-hmm. And yet the number of people. Uh, who are actually uh, starting to say, hey, look, I really have to take this thing. I believe that number is rising. And that's uh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Look, guys, let's, um, uh, let's, uh, come to some music. Uh, love, uh, Michael, Michael W. Smith. Uh, this is a song, Ancient Words. These are, these are so powerful. Uh, the, uh, the words that, uh, of this song, uh, are so relevant, uh, to the, uh, to the day and age that we are living in right now. Please enjoy Michael W. Smith, uh, Ancient, Ancient Words. 
I walk in this world, they resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words in bar words of life, words of hope, give us strength, help us cope.
That was Michael W. Smith uh, with uh, that uh, wonderful uh, hymn, uh, Ancient Words. A recent hymn, but a real beauty. Uh, Now, folks, look, we do have a uh, giveaway for you today. Now, in fact, this week we have got a giveaway, a different giveaway every single day this week. Uh, And every one of them is dealing with uh, the principles of health. Now, look, this is something that uh, it's really worth uh, you picking up on uh, because uh, uh, you may like to even uh, share one with a a friend. Uh, Now, uh, today's book is uh, entitled uh, Health and Wealth. Wellness, Secrets That Will Change Your Life. Now, this is by uh, uh, Mark Finlay and uh, Peter Landless, Dr. Peter Landless. And um, uh, the book, the back cover, uh, How Much Would You Pay to Learn the Secrets of a Lifelong Health and Wellness? Health and Wellness Secrets That Will Change Your Life shows you the spectacular particularly simple ways to avoid such chronic killers as cancer, diabetes, heart disease and obesity, you'll learn how good nutrition heals the body and boosts the mind, how purpose increases resilience, love and forgiveness and can mend the heart. Uh, Health and wellness uh, caught the attention of award-winning documentary filmmaker uh, Martin uh, Doblemeyer. And uh, he said this, uh, while there are countless self-help books on the market today, health and wellness, secrets will change your life, stands apart because it speaks from proven success. Now, look, these is, uh, this is a powerful book. It's not a big book. It's a fairly uh, short book, uh, health and wellness, secrets that are going to change your life. Now, look, if you'd like your own copy of uh, this particular book, all you need to do is to uh, text us. On our drive time number. Now our drive time number is 04 888 808 11. 04 888 808 11. And all you need to do is to send us the code. Now the code for today is SA54. No gap between the SA and the 54, just SA54. And um, that'll go directly to our robot. Our robot is called Faithful. Uh, love, uh, uh, love how the the job that uh, Faithful uh, does uh, day by day. Uh, he'll actually ask you, uh, come back to you. You won't have to talk to any human, and uh, he'll ask you a few questions so that we can get this book to you in the fastest possible way. So all you do is text SA fifty four to our text number o four triple eight. 80811 and uh, this book will be on its way uh, to you. It's a, it's a real beauty. Uh, also, if you've got any thoughts or comments, uh, that uh, uh, same text number can, uh, can also be, be used. Uh, now, look, you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, uh, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Uh, and today our co-host is, is Eric Hoare. Now, Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, now, um, uh, this week, uh, we are looking at the theme, the Bible, physical health, and spirituality. Now, this has got the interest of so many people because uh, uh, I, I know there are people who are struggling with health who, who do listen to our program on a very regular basis. Um, you know, it's not uh, it's not always their own fault, but, you know, there are some things we can do uh, to build up health in our own lives. Today, we're going to be asking how relevant are the health laws that are found in the Bible to my 
health uh, today. Uh, you know, I mean, I suppose, Eric, the thing I'm so conscious of is that uh, good health is probably something that we really take for uh, for granted until we start to lose it. Um, you know, when our t- health takes a downturn, we quickly begin to question our, our diets and our habits. I know just uh, just recently I had a, a little bit of a health health scare uh, and all of a sudden, you know, I, even I'm doing all the research. You know, am I doing the very best thing by myself uh, so that I can uh, uh, put myself in the best possible place to be able to deal uh, with uh, with this issue uh, but of course Eric that uh, that question that we're dealing with today how relevant are health laws found in the Bible how would you respond to that well I think Pastor Gary that uh, you know I, I think many people don't actually uh, realize that um, the Bible has a health plan there a free health plan Um as we said last night, you know, lots of money is spent on people trying to improve their health and and uh, going on special diets and uh, buying this and that. But we live in a world where uh, people are busy and uh, grabbing the fast food outlets all the time, where yeah. they're popping up everywhere and they're becoming more and more abundant around the place. And so it's an easier for the lifestyle that we live in today just to grab something quick and easy on the way home. And, and often they're cheaper than yeah. something that's actually healthier for you. Yeah. And so a lot of people go for that. And, um, and yet the Bible has much to say about just basic health laws that has been said for for a long time and yet as you know medical science is just suddenly realizing that hey saying the same things that the bible's been saying for a long long time and um when you start to read the bible you say hey you know that's what they're saying today that we need to do uh the first one one of the ones that i struggle with a bit sometimes i must admit is actually uh found in ecclesiastes ten seventeen, where it says blessed are you o land when your king is the son of nobles and your priests feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness so what it's actually saying there is that we should eat our meals at a regular time and not to snack between <laughs> meals you know yeah and to do that um you know, it's been shown that you should actually have your your tea not late at night, but actually um, earlier than that because you know the the brain and stomach works over time at night trying to digest it. But it's amazing that that should be in the Bible. You know that he's put that there for a reason, and I think for that reason is that it's. Whatever he says in here about health is for our own good. And, of course, that was written by King Solomon. And King yes. Solomon is, of course, uh, regarded as uh, the wisest man, mm. um, certainly in all of Scripture. Mm. And uh, some would certainly suggest the wisest man who, who ever lived. So this is something that you know should be worth us picking up on. Yeah. And the thing I find, Pastor Gary, is that um, sometimes when you're reading through Scripture and you see that you read some of these things, you can't understand why it's there, yeah. um, you know, why it's said there for that particular time for our own good. Uh, I know it took me a while to accept uh, quite a few of the health instruction from the Bible yeah. because um, we we have our desires and our fleshy needs, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, we're drawn to that, and I think this is the way the devil can work in to make our mind um, fuzzy so we don't uh, have that connection with Christ as we should. Mm. And I think if he can dull our minds, then he's um, halfway there and in, 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 uh, cutting that gap between us and God. 
Um, and so I think that um, these things that are said here are very important for this time in which we live because um, food is very important. What we eat and drink can really affect um, the length of our life but also our happiness now. Uh, I find like I'm nearly I'm 70 now and I find that now like you I'm starting to look at you know uh, what I've done in the past maybe affect me I used to yeah. smoke a lot yeah, uh, and I used to drink a lot before I became so I do you changed. feel that, that could be affecting you even now well I do I think that's uh, that has um, you know kind of slowed me down but I, the, the, the changes I made through um, that Christ made through me and giving up some of these things uh, and turning to a healthier lifestyle, I think, has kind of counteracted that somewhat, yeah. uh, and and made it so that I'm on. Well, I'm far more happier than I used to be, mm-hmm. for sure. And I think that's all part and parcel of it. That when you're caught up in sin, sin always leads to destruction. And and God gives us the right advice for health to draw us in the other direction. So we've got a moment, point, and moment in time where we decide: Do we carry on with what we're doing? in our lifestyle, or do we make those changes that he is telling me to make? And for some people it can happen instantly, and for others it can take a long time. I find it interesting that you say that uh, uh, that you you sense yourself to be far happier today mm. uh, with uh, the style, the lifestyle that you have adopted uh, compared to the lifestyle that you had previously. Yeah, uh, because what happens is um, the things that, uh, like the alcohol and the smokes, and that I thought was the thing that I needed at the time to uh, to make me feel happier. Yeah. Um, to, to have drinks with mates, then you can enjoy them, the mates better. Yeah. But I found that when I gave that away and saw what the Bible was talking about, the evils of drinking and things, I actually found that um, I was happier with a clearer mind, that I was concentrating more on my family. My family brings me happiness, mm. and I felt closer to God yeah. because yeah. I didn't have that fuddled mind, if you know what I mean. Mm. And, and yet the ones who who didn't like the changes were actually um, my friends who were doing the same thing. So I got um, quite a bit of criticism from them when I stopped doing some of those things. But So it's a choice, isn't it, yeah. that we, we realise that what we're doing is hurting us and we make those changes. Mm. We talked last night about on the cigarette packets, you can have, uh, um, uh, you buy them today, uh, they will have a picture of, of cancer on yeah. the outside, yeah. something that'll kill you. Yeah. Yet somebody will go and buy that packet, see the cancer on there, and think, well, that's not going to happen to me. Yeah. yeah, That's basically what they're doing. Yeah. And so what they do is they're actually hiding the cigarette packets in behind a, uh, a drawer now, so you yeah. can't actually see them. Yeah, I, I remember years ago a friend of mine who um, uh, was a builder, and um, he, he was a heavy smoker, and he got, um, he got cancer, and had emphysemia, and he would come along to the building site, and at the end of his life, I remember him sitting there, and he would be trying to get the oxygen into his lungs, you know, and he was still smoking. His doctors told him, if you stop smoking, you'll add this to your life, you know, so much. And he just couldn't. He could not stop. And I remember he went into hospital, and um, he had one of those tracks in his throat to help him breathe better, and somebody had sneaked a cigarette, and he was actually smoking out of that cigarette. While he was in hospital, oh, somehow he'd wow. somebody, the nurses went around, he, he was at, I saw him in there, I saw him yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet he was dying of what he was uh, taken into his body, yeah. but he couldn't stop. So what God is telling us here is for our good to turn us around and, and put us in a better direction. Mm-hmm. And one of the hardest things that I've found is the one that moves on from another health principle in the Bible was actually talking about not eating animal fat or blood. 
mm-hmm. in the Bible. And it's found in Leviticus um, uh, 3.17. It says, you shall be a perpetual, st- it shall be a perpetual st- statute for your generations throughout all your dwellings that you eat neither fat nor blood. And Genesis 9.4.6 after the fall says, but you must not eat mud that has meat that has lifeblood still in it. And for your lifeblood, I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal and from every each human being too. I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. Whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made mankind. So he's talking here about life in the blood, mm-hmm. that we shouldn't eat the blood of an animal or even eat the fat of it, which is really incredible to me. Yeah, It's quite yeah, an eye-opener. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, uh, uh, the vegetarian-type diet is certainly one that uh, I know myself, I, I adopted many years ago. I, I was certainly like a... Uh, like many Australians, uh, back in the back in the seventies, the eighties, um, three you know a meat and, and three veg was the standard uh, standard fare, and uh, uh, I I well remember um, uh, eating uh, eating just those uh, those things continually, um, and then uh, finally on one particular occasion, I actually got food poisoning. And uh, you know, Eric, um, there's not much worse no, than no. Uh, than food poisoning. I've had it, yeah. uh, you've had it, yep. And uh, in fact, I, I, I got my yep. dose of uh, food poisoning from a good old Aussie meat pie. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, I I remember the uh, uh, the struggles I went through. It was actually Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and uh, uh, Boxing oh. Day. Um, oh. Uh, about uh, seventy four, seventy five, somewhere, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. uh, and I can still remember that uh, uh, that the struggles that I went through with that uh, oh, food shocking. poisoning. It was a terrible thing, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, it was that when I got that food poisoning from that meat pie. Um, even as a young man, then uh, I um, I certainly came to the point of asking, uh, "Hey, is it important that I have a look at what I'm putting into my body?" Well, uh, well, it's interesting. Today, that you know, even the scientists are saying that a lot of heart attacks are actually result from high cholesterol, yeah. uh, which you get through the fats. Yeah. Uh, but also, bowel cancer has actually been linked to red meat as well yeah. that yeah. men get. So we get a, a te- I get a test done every year for that as well. But so you know, there is a, a, a scientific backup that says what God is saying here about yeah. eating meat yeah. and and red yeah. meat. And if you go into especially Foodland today, you will find a whole section in there. There's actually one in Mar- Manapara where I live. A whole section on vegetarian products, yeah, uh, plant based products, which are, are really really nice products. I mean, people think of veg. Vegetarian food is dull, and you know you have a bit oh, of lettuce. Look, look, look to me, in the old days, you'd go into a restaurant and you'd say, "Look, <laughs> hey, I'm vegetarian," and you'd know that you know. Uh, do you have anything vegetarian? Ah, oh, yes, we've got a quiche, and uh, you know you get this uh, uh, this quiche that, uh, frankly, they didn't know how to make anyway, mm. um, and uh, uh, you just look at it, and there was virtually nothing on the menu. The thing that I really appreciate these days is, hey, look, you know, being able to go out to uh, uh, to restaurants. And virtually every restaurant has got some absolutely brilliant um, vegetarian food, mm. um, and it is uh, it is certainly uh, every bit. And I certainly, having grown up on on meat, it's certainly every bit the um, uh, the flavour 
um, of uh, uh, of meat and mm. uh, uh, yeah, no, I I think there is really some of these plant based alternatives are really worth checking out. So there are alternatives, even if some of the listeners day do eat meat, it's best to even cut it down and just replace it every now and then because um, yeah, it's scientifically proven that some of the cancers can come from yeah, these products, yeah, yeah. you know. And so that's a really important part. Another part too, another health law that it talks about is in Proverbs twenty three two, when it says, When you sit to dine with a ruler, note well what is before you and put a knife to your throat if you're given to gluttony. Uh, and it, so it's talking there about overeating uh, it's talking about putting a knife to your throat to stop yourself so you know just be you know just be careful cut those portions down i think all this is responsible um eating and now they say uh, in some of the uh diet programs that you just cut down the size of your plate that you eat you cut down to a smaller one and you feel a lot better for it i know when i overeat at times when i've lost it a bit i find that i feel dull and i feel lifeless and it's harder for me to get out and do the run in the morning you know yeah, uh, yeah. i find that i have got to it's it's kind of like conditioning yourself it's kind of like and it's very hard i find sometimes to make changes because you've got the pattern in your brain yeah. of what you're doing and i find it very very difficult to to swing like most listeners would to swing to something different and and do it a different way and it takes time to do that and and to move that um that tract in your brain to doing yeah, what is yeah. good for you yeah, uh, that's yeah. what I find the hardest. But it, but, but it is something that is worth making that transition. That's the thing mm. that I suppose I've just encouraged so so many people. I know that uh, uh, certainly through my life, and uh, uh, I know at one point I uh, I was what I called an unhealthy uh, vegetarian because yeah, yes, I was right. a vegetarian, uh, yeah. but uh, I was actually an unhealthy vegetarian because uh, you know I I really enjoyed uh, you know I mean cream, uh, sugar, um, you know I mean and these were things that uh, uh, and you know I have to admit you know they were actually putting a lot of weight on me mm-hmm. and they were actually damaging me so I actually had to do a transition from being an unhealthy vegetarian I had to start doing some and what was it for me quite radical you know uh, to be able to start drinking water and mm. just sheer drinking water cut down the sugars that was coming into my body you know in a huge uh, in a huge way mm. um, but the uh, improvement that that made in my entire life was uh, really noticeable to both me and and my entire family. But look, Eric, let's come to some uh, sure. uh, some music. Um, this is uh, Alison Krauss and the Cox family, and uh, they're singing I Know Who Holds Tomorrow. I don't know about tomorrow I just live I don't borrow from the sunshine For its skies may turn to gray I don't worry for the future
And that was Alison Krauss and the Cox family. I know who holds tomorrow, and indeed we do know who holds tomorrow. And it is so good that tomorrow can be held by uh, someone uh, who is so faithful. Uh, folks, we do have a giveaway book for you today. The uh, The book is uh, entitled Health and Wellness. This is a sharing uh, book, uh, Health and Wellness uh, Secrets That Will Change Your Life. This is a real little beauty. Uh, it's just got uh, uh, so many uh, simple uh it covers so many uh, simple ideas, uh, secrets that will change uh, a person's life. Uh, guys, look, if you'd like your own copy of uh, Health and Wellness, Secrets That Will Change Your Life uh, by Mark Finley and Dr. Peter Man- uh, Ma- Landless, um, then just please text us uh, here at 488 11 And we've got a different book every day this week, 488 80811 and the code that you just need to put into your text uh, is simply the code SA54 and uh, uh, no gap between the SA and the 54 and uh, you'll be contacted by our robot he'll get some information off you so we can get this book to you in the fastest way possible 04888808811 and the code is SA54 uh, 54. Uh, now you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, and if you'd like to uh, um, make a, some some comment or uh, uh, text us, that same text number can be uh, used, that's 04888. 80811 and uh, this week uh, we are looking at the theme the bible physical health and spirituality um, and today we're simply asking how relevant are the health laws found in the bible eric pull it all together for us we've got about uh, five or six minutes just uh, just uh, remaining in our program for sure we, we've talked about um, about eating and drinking and and foods but there is an important part of health that the bible talks about as well which is the mind and uh, it's something we really sometimes don't think about when it comes to health, about having grudges or holding grudges against somebody. Um, and these kinds of sinful feelings actually disrupt our body processes. Um, found in Proverbs 14.30, it says, A heart at peace actually gives life to the body, but envy yeah. rots the bone. And listen to this one, which is really, really important about clearing up a grudge you've got against somebody or something that's affecting you that can take your health down. It says in Matthew five twenty three and 24, Therefore, if you are offering a, your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar, first go and be reconciled to them. Then coming off to your gift. It's, it's saying here, look, if you're really serious about worshipping me, yeah, and you've yeah. got a slight against somebody, a friend or a relative or whatever, you know, you've got to get that right. You've got to forgive them before I, I you come to me with your gift. The thing I appreciate what the Bible's actually saying, Eric, is the way that you've got a holistic. Um, understanding of health. It's not turning around just saying, look, hey, you know, just go and uh, eat this or don't eat that. Mm. Um, it, it talks about, yes, the things that I eat and the things that I drink, uh, but it's also talking about my, uh, my mental health, my, you know, my, my spiritual health. Mm. Uh, you know, it assumes, and I believe correctly so, that they're all 
interconnected. Um, what uh, you do to one area is actually going to impact on your life in other areas. Well, Christ came to bring peace, didn't he? And uh, reconciliation between us and him, but also between us here as well. And uh, that peace is a state of mind that we don't have until Christ comes. But he's telling us that this is the way to do it, to, to have that peace. The thing, too, is it, it talks about having a, a happy disposition. A merry heart does good, like a medicine, it says in Proverbs seventeen twenty two. As he thinks in his heart, so he is. Proverbs 23, 7, and many diseases from which people suffer, a result of depression today or, um, or some a part of their health that's been affected because they are they're not feeling happy, they're feeling down and there's things bothering them they can't let go because they're trying to deal with it in the way the world is telling with with um, pills and with different things like that. God yeah. says if you come to me, he says I will I will, because I've given you forgiveness, I will give you that compassion for others to forgive others and to be a happy person. Yeah, that's what yeah, we're talking yeah, about here today. Yeah, yeah. And for the world today, I think I've never seen a. I've actually never seen in my time as a as a Christian in my life. I've never seen the uh, the people around about so depressed and so sad with COVID yeah. and with all these other things yeah. that they're lost. They're, they're, as you say, they're asking questions. They don't know what's going on. And that's one of the things that you, I, I'm so conscious of. You know, I mean, uh, right now in our world, there's a great deal of talk about mental health yes. and. Uh, and rightly so, because you know I, I'm just really conscious of the uh, the impact. You know, you mentioned uh, COVID there. Uh, you know, yes, that has had a uh, you know damaging um, physical physical health. Uh, but you know, to me, as I look at the uh, impact that this has had, uh, particularly on, for example, people in aged care. Mm. Um, you know, the hu- this is this is huge uh, damaging impact that's actually you know and and to me uh i i can only say i personally i believe that uh you know this is wrong you yeah. know and and that's where the personal relationships come in that you know if you've got somebody that loves you and cares for you you don't leave that old per, you know elderly person in the home you're there with them and and being part of yeah. them and, and god says that uh we are to go and to help Help people, you know, in their need. That is, that is the light. It says in Isaiah 58, 6 to 8, for instance, says, Loose the bondage of wickedness, undo the heavy burdens, share your bread with the hungry, and bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked, cover him, and your healing shall spring forth speedily. So this tells us that when we help people, when we're there with their needs, our own health improves. Yeah, it actually yeah. comes back as a blessing to us, yeah. which is yeah. so so important. So it's saying here that um, that we need to put full trust in the Lord. You know, to fear of the fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. Found in Proverbs, trust in the Lord, strengthen your health and life. It says this, my son, give attention to my words, for they are life for those who find them, and health. To their flesh, Proverbs four twenty to twenty two. So health actually comes from obedience to God, from God's commands, and from putting full trust in Him. Yeah, that, yeah. that is the health plan of the Bible. Yeah, yeah. And that's the key 
to our good health and to have happiness and to have peace of mind. Yeah. I can think of no other thing more more beautiful, more precious than the health plan in the Bible, God's yeah. word. And I love the way that that is just so holistic in mm. you know in, in every possible way. You, you know, you go right from that original diet way back at the uh, beginning yes. of time. You know, we've uh, we look at the Daniel diet in Daniel chapter one, so that okay, we know that diet is important, mm. uh, but we also know that. You know, mental health is important, and the Bible talks about the importance of forgiveness. And the uh, when we're coming to to Christ, uh, we receive this gift of the Holy Spirit that gives a thing called peace. Mm. Uh, you know, you get this uh, incredibly incredible breadth of understanding uh, within the uh, within the Word of God. But Eric, look, I'm really conscious that our time is uh, is pretty much uh, gone uh, uh, right now. I'm just wondering, uh, how would you feel about uh, praying, uh, particularly for you know folks who may be struggling with their health right now? Yes. Um, would you would you pray for those people? For sure. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you tonight in prayer. We thank you that we have a God who hears our prayers, a living God who knows each one of us. And Lord, you know what we've been through in our lives. And we know, Lord, that there are some today that are suffering through our bad health. The things have happened to them, Lord, that they thought would never happen to them. Maybe they've been given news that is devastating to them. And maybe it's just it's somebody in the family that they've heard or lost a loved one even. Oh, Lord, we pray that each of us may come to you in our time of need, that we will put our full trust and our confidence in you. For you're the only one, Lord, that can lift us up out of the quagmire. You're the one, Lord, that we know is never changing. You're the one that never lets us down. And, Lord, we love you so much, and we know that you love each one of us. You want the best for us. May we listen to your word, Lord. May we turn to you in our hour of need and and not to the things of this world. May we fully trust you. And we pray, Lord, that as you do this for people, that they will find peace and happiness in their lives, that they will look at things in a different way, knowing that there is a Father in heaven that loves them and a Jesus that is going to come back for them, a Messiah that that loves them so much that he has a place set aside for him or her. And we thank you, Lord, for the words of the Bible that bring us truth and happiness, that gives us health, and that you have our best interests at heart. We thank you for that. We praise you, Lord, and love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when I'll be sharing with Pastor Don Felberg and asking his physical health and spirituality connected. Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 